Armageddon Poinsettia, Chapter 35. A lot of firsts and a lot of lasts. I woke up in the bed Summer and I shared in that little apartment on Poinsettia to the sound of her screaming like I'd never heard her scream before. I jumped from the bed thinking somebody had broken into the apartment or something and was attacking. Shane was in the living room asleep on the couch, so I flew out of the bedroom, immediately hooked a left through the uh, closed bathroom door. I opened it. Summer was standing half bent over and collapsed in the shower with the sliding door open. There was blood everywhere. Her hands, the wall, the nozzle, the soap dish, even though the shower was running, blood mixed with the beads, freshly fallen water, forming this cascade that spilled over the side of the tub onto the floor. I stood for a third a second, maybe. I'll never get that image out of my mind ever again. Summer looking at me in horror. Hair not even wet yet from the shower. I didn't know. Uh, the data wasn't resonating. She's covered in blood and half collapsed in it. Why? I shouted over the top of her screams. Summer, what's the matter? What's the matter, baby? Two steps, and I was to the edge of the tub in Summer's aid, and I looked down. I looked down. And lying in the tub was an infant. Baby. Summer threw both her arms around my neck, falling over onto me. The, um, the shower nozzle kind of got, it was pouring over the both of us. And I reached down and I picked up the infant with my left arm because the umbilical cord, I couldn't get her out of the top. I had to pull over, pull, pull over my knee on my waist so I could carry her over the edge of the top. I stumbled backwards, almost fallen backwards. How fitting was it that we were all three naked? I sat summer down on the seat of the toilet. The baby was still in my left arm, and I set it on the floor by her foot. Summer's hands collapsed around my shoulders so tight her face fell into the side of mine as I was just trying to hold her up and um I'm sorry um Summer pleaded for me to cut the umbilical cord at this point Shane was looking around the corner and I peered around the door 911 man 911 Shane immediately bolted towards the kitchen and the phone. 
I reached over. I grabbed a pair of, um, I don't know, just little rounded tip cosmetic scissors. I don't know what the fuck they were, but I, I used that to cut the umbilical cord. At one point, Summer was shaking, turning white almost, like she couldn't breathe. Partially vomited down the front of her breast. Summer, Summer, look at me, look at me, Summer, look at me. And I smacked her across the face. Look at me. She looked at me, screaming, She wailed, so I picked her up to carry her to the bedroom. I laid her down in the bed, and I covered her up with a blanket, put on my shorts, and ran back to the bathroom. Shane was standing at the doorway looking in. Ambulance is on the way, man. friend of mine you know we'd grown up together ever since we were little boys we had known each other you know and um, we'd seen a lot of shit together and now we're looking at my dead staring at my dead daughter and uh, my friend Shane I didn't know what to do Shane, he grabbed me just real quick and hugged me. He said, I'm going to wait out front. I'm going to get the paramedics up here. And I just, um, I remember gripping the side of the wall, the door jam, looking back in at summer, you know. Face buried next to her pillow, looking straight ahead, dead stare, seeing nothing. I just sat there in my shorts. I had blood on me and her. I didn't even. I just sat there. God, she was beautiful. Probably the most beautiful girl in the world. That hair was almost fluorescent. Orange. I don't even remember sliding down the wall. My legs are in my baby. She was obviously dead. And all I could bring myself to do was run my fingers through her war chair. I sat there until, uh, Paramedics took summer, <laughs> and they come back and they got Vivian, my daughter, Vivian Liza Cyrus. God, I never saw her again. I never saw her again. I don't even remember getting on the motorcycle and driving to uh, Cedar Sinai. Shane was going to hold the fort for me. Said he'd uh, clean up the bathroom and everything for us. And uh, I guess I was leaning on my friend a little hard, but if you only knew him, you'd know that he insisted I keep leaning.
been through the hardest shit. You got each other's back. Without a doubt. It was the most painful. Anyway. Um, Shane said he'd uh, stay back, hold the fort, wait by the phone to hear from me. I stayed with Summer for two days. I stayed for two days, and well, then I left. I I found out Dean was on the guest list, waiting to see her too. Once again, assholes. No, he wasn't the father. Not even close. Our baby was seven months along and looked nothing like him. He was just there because. Summer's mom, Lena, had called all the way from the East Coast and put him on the guest list so he could get in to see her. Now, they obviously had plans for him, and I wasn't involved, obviously. Yeah, that's the life. Anyway, when it came to Summer and I's little girl, when it came to her daughter, we had options. They came in. They asked us if we wanted to give her a social security number and a name and a grave and a headstone, and um, we didn't. I don't know what that means. Ultimately, um, you know, Summer and I, we wanted her to have a name and birthday would have been nice too because now she just lives in my heart when you get right down to it we shouldn't have been there to begin with when my daughter died I suddenly remembered another kid that needed me my oldest son back home. It's time to get the fuck out of Hollywood. Summer beat me to it. She got out of the hospital and, you know, she was recuperating at home. We talked about her going back to the East Coast and our mom was going to come get her and take her home. And I, I, there's no way I could contest that. Yeah, we talked about me coming back with her. We did. But she knew me. And I knew her. There wasn't any room for me. She knew it deep down, and I knew it too. She had plans with Dean. Not to marry him or anything. She just wasn't done squeezing his ass yet. And, um... She wasn't going to let that love shit get in the way. That's not all her. I didn't make it easy. My fucking drinking was out of control. Like I said, I was up to about a fifth of gin a day, beer, whatever I get my hands on. You know, I had to stay drunk half the fucking time. Well, I didn't have to, but I did. Until my daughter died. I was still a drunk, but I decided I was about ready to start sobering the fuck up permanent. 
sobering up to reality. Yeah. I wasn't going to find it on Poinsettia. I wasn't going to find it in Hollywood, California, not even with my friends around me. There wasn't anything anymore. Except for that fucking dream. Would you like to hear about that Hollywood regret I mentioned earlier? Okay, here it is, and believe you me, it's a big one. I was walking back to the apartment from Ralph's. Summer was um, up at Dean's, and of course Shane was with the mistress we shared down the hall in the building. So I was winging it, hanging out by myself Saturday night in the apartment, walked up to Ralph's, got some booze on the way back. A couple of guys followed me out of the store, hollering at me, Hey! Hey! Nearing the end of the parking lot before crossing sunset, I turned and I looked back. Taller, slender, long, curly, dark-haired guy with spectacle glasses come running over with his friend. Please tell me you have acting experience, the guy said. Why? I asked. Oh, my God, he's got the accent and everything, he said, looking at a smaller, dirty-haired, blonde, shorter fellow. Looked like he carried the bags. We're doing a movie, he said, pointing up and down Sunset Boulevard. We're doing a movie uh, about the doors. I smiled and laughed, looking down, then looking back up at the guy. Yeah, you got everything fucking painted red for that movie. How can I help you? You said you had acting experience, the man asked once again. Yeah. Studied under Strasberg, method acting. Why? In agreement, they both looked back at me. You'd be perfect for the arresting officer of Jim Morrison. That's what we need. You'd be perfect. Really? With that, he took out his business card, wrote some stuff on the back, gave me the call time at the Hollywood Bowl, and all I had to fucking do was show up. That's all I had to do. I may very well have had a speaking role with Val Kilmer. I at least would have got to meet him. You know what I did? I stayed home when summer was at Dean's and um, I got drunk. You know why? I realized I was in Hollywood for the wrong fucking reasons. It was time to get the fuck out. And, um, it wasn't easy, okay? Not for Summer. Not for me. But it was happening. You have to understand, never once was it because of lack of love. Let's get that right. Summer and I had been back in Oklahoma visiting my son and my mom, my grandma. I wonder a lot of times if things would have been different had I accepted her, you know, marriage proposal, the one she made to me when we was looking to buy that house out on the lake at Osage Hills. Had I said yes to her marriage, I keep wondering how much different things would have been or if I'd even still be alive now, you know. Had Summer and I Bought that house on Sunset Lake and got married. Would she have changed? Would I have changed had I gone back to the East Coast with her? Probably not. The death of our little girl had been it. I think leaving it on Poinsettia was the best thing.
and I'll never get over it. I don't want the story to end like this, and it's not going to. That's really the last. I've been dreading it. It didn't all end bad after that, but it ended. And I wasn't going. Oh, hard-headed me. I was bitter because she was leaving. I was bitter about my daughter. I hadn't cried about my daughter. I didn't know why. I'd just been angry and hurt and mad. And and one day, for no reason, about a week before Summer left, I was just walking through the living room, and um, I was um, just moments before I'd been walking through the living room, I hadn't cried about my daughter. I was walking through the living room, and I lost it, you know, complete control. I'd never cried that hard since. Fired the keys, unlocked the front door, summer walk in, saw me all collapsed in the living room floor crying, and threw her back down and ran over and fell into my arms, and we both just sat there and held each other and cried. She moaned to me. I love you too, Summer. I cried back as tears fell between us. Summer and I's last day spent together was, well, fighting. Lena flew in. You know, to ride with her back home by then, Summer had the stingray. Lena flew in the day before and was going to ride with Summer back. Shane was hitching a ride back to Oklahoma. So, Summer gave him some money, and he went and picked up a U-Haul truck. Brought it back to the apartment, and everything was loaded up, including my motorcycle. Well, my mom had forked over the money to bail me out of jail again, and, um... (laughs) Yeah, it had been used as collateral for the bail money, so... So it was the life. I didn't have wheels again, but I did have a job at Ricardo's over on Alta Vista. B's neighbor had a magazine for the um, L.A. Metro, and he had hired me to help him with distribution. Paid me decent. I really appreciated it. I needed a legitimate job. Put some funds together and get my ass back home. Anyway, I could have ridden back with uh, Summer, but... Being the shit that I was? No. I'd rather not. Summer tried to give me the keys to the motorcycle and make me take the motorcycle off the truck, but no, I wasn't going to do that to my mom. Bike had been put up for collateral to get my ass out of jail. The black bike belonged to my mom. Shane said once he got to Oklahoma, he'd drive it straight to her. Stubborn, folks. Hard-headed, hurt, bitter, pissed off. Living in denial, if you will. Whatever the fuck. I knew there was nothing left for me in Hollywood. 
but I was going to fucking stay anyway. I had to get to work. I walked into the empty apartment, and there's still a half dozen boxes and bags and assortment of items that hadn't been loaded up into the U-Haul with the other items as of yet. I made small talk with my old friend Shane about the trip that lay in front of him. Yeah, he's going to have to drive that U-Haul while the girls drove the fucking Dean Stingray. Fuck. Yeah, I didn't even know what their plans were, but they had them, I guarantee it. I went to the uh, restroom, brushed my teeth. Summer had left me a couple of towels, left me a futon bed in the living room, a couple of glasses. The phone worked. It wasn't going to be off at least for a few more weeks. And, um, yeah, then I'd be homeless again with no wheels or anything. Stepped out of the bathroom after um, putting on a clean shirt and pants, brushed my teeth, you know, getting ready for work. And, um, well cabinet next to the bathroom where our daughter had just died was partially open you know Summer was packing things out of the cabinet and in the corner of the cabinet I I saw that she had left a um, photograph propped up of me and her I guess so I would see it is the only picture I knew of us together really that it was the one we took the night we had uh, jumped the wall at Knott's Berry Farm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she wanted me to show her how to break into the place, so I did. And, um, <laughs> we rode all the rides and had so much fun, and after getting off Montezuma's Revenge, we hopped in the photo booth and we took that picture. She's like in a dungry sweatshirt. Long, stringy, tawny curls and my face <laughs> unblotched up by alcohol. I stood there just for a couple of seconds wondering what the fuck could... How did it go from that to where I was standing then? I actually held the picture up to my face and smelled her on it and and I put it in the bathroom box so she wouldn't see it until later. After I got ready for work, I shook hands and hugged Shane, thanked him for helping get them as far as Oklahoma, and said goodbye to Lena, Summer's mom. I started walking towards the front door of the apartment. Britt, wait, I want to walk you. I want to walk you to work. Summer said, putting down cleaning supplies and following me out the door. We passed Shane as we exited the building. He was loading up a few things, and um, Summer and I strolled up Poinsettia right towards the service road I'd used so many times back when I was married to B. <laughs> Sneaking over to spend time with her. We walked down the service road and we really didn't say anything. I was playing cold. We got all the way to Alta Vista Apartments and um, I had to make the 
walk up them steps and um, I turned around and I shook her hand. I said, you take care of yourself, Summer, okay? Okay, Britt. Listen. She reached in her pocket and handed me a couple of hundred dollar bills. I don't need that, Summer. I don't need it. Take it, please. I want you to not have any money. Please take it. I'll be okay. I'm fine. I've got money. I argued. Please. Okay. Thanks. I took it. On that, I kissed her and I hugged her. I said, I appreciate it, Summer. Be safe, okay? I left her standing on the sidewalk callously. I turned and I walked up the hill. Punched in Ricardo's code and stormed in to work. I stormed right past the swimming pool and I looked back. I didn't see Summer out there in front of the um, lobby. So yeah, fuck it. I went ahead and got on the elevator and went up to Ricardo's. He had a big stack of new magazines for me to get out and I immediately started sorting through addresses and sorting through the magazines and, you know, the invoices, and I had to collect money and stuff, too, you know, that kind of thing. And um, suddenly, just like on the Hollywood freeway, I caught myself by surprise. I just dropped the magazines and I ran out the door. I didn't wait for the elevator. I went down the stairwell at the end of the hall. I ran past the swimming pool. Ran past tenants who were trying to exit. Mm -mm, Not fast enough. I bolted around them and out the fucking front door. Down those steps. I looked up towards sunset. No summer. I ran like a motherfucker. I got to the service road. I looked down it. There was summer nearing the end. I didn't holler. I just ran real fast. Just like I had the night I was running to her for the first time. I ran to her for the last time. Just as I got within a few feet, I cried out her name. Summer! On that, I grabbed her shoulders and spun her around. The little makeup she did wear was running down her cheeks. Grabbed her in my arms. I held her tight. Real fucking tight. I love you. I'll never not love you. You understand me? I pulled back. She looked up at me. I love you too, Brett. I'm gonna miss you. I'm gonna miss you too, baby. We both took a breath and looked at each other. And then we said it. Goodbye. No. The story, it doesn't end like that. But that was the hardest part of the story for me to get past. Believe it or not, it got fucking worse. (laughs) Yeah. You know why? Well, 
because I went to the East Coast to go get her. But that's another story. I know there's a lot of blanks in the story. I know there's a lot of empties and gaps and everything, but it was just a short audio version that I wanted to get out there. I'm looking for a screenwriter on this fucker, and if you're interested, you need to get in touch with me. I'm going on fucking vacation. Other than that, (laughs) the show will be on tomorrow morning, high noon, and the conclusion of Bombing Down Poinsettia, well, it'll be in a couple of weeks, okay? Yes, you heard the last chapter. But um, there is a conclusion. I'm not just going to leave you hanging at that. Okay, so um, be cool. Have a nice evening. Show will be on tomorrow, high noon. Till then, bye. Can Dios, mi amigos. <laughs>